I'm all about the good vibes, the good vibes. We bout to have a good time, a good time. Leave my problems all behind, all behind. We living out the good life, the good life, yeah. I ain't gotta worry about a thing. Oh no. Had some obstacles I overcame. with another episode on the Clutch Vision Podcast. I got a very, very special guest in the building. He played for one of my favorite teams in sports, the Dallas Cowboys, and also some other ones. We ain't going to mention them right now, but we're going to pay them some respect because they kept his family moving, kept some money in his pocket. My man, linebacker Kevin Burnett is in the building. What's going on, big dog? Man, not much, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, appreciate you coming on. How's everything going on with, with the quarantine? How's the family doing? Yeah, all is well. No complaints, man. We're sitting back, uh, getting smarter, you know, yeah. trying to uh, practice patience in this in this time of urgency, you know. Yes. And I, I think more than anything, you know, you, you learn to enjoy each other because, you know, time is not guaranteed to anybody, so. Amen. Amen. So are you guys coming up with any, like, uh, creative, creative things in the house. Uh, so we've been homeschooling for eight, eight, nine years. So this is it's not really new to us. But I guess the part of actually staying in the house—no sports, no baseball, no football, no track practice—that part is kind of you're like, okay, this is different. But I mean, when you're a sports family, you kind of you figure it out some way, shape, form, or fashion. No dodgeball in the house, water balloons yeah. in the house. So it's we figure out ways to have fun. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, first and foremost, thank you guys for joining us here on the on the Clutch Business Podcast. Everyone, make sure you like, subscribe, comment below. Share this with your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your stepmom, your stepdad. I don't care who it is. Make sure they go ahead and get this message that we are about to deliver for y'all. So my man, Kevin Barnett, I just want to – I'm going to jump right into it. You know, who is Kevin Barnett, the football player, and who is Kevin Barnett? The father and family man. I think you have to start with the football player first, because yeah. when you figure I've been a football player longer than I almost been alive, I probably uh been playing football. Well, I started playing football at five, and now mm. uh, thirty seven and retired. Uh, been retired for about six years. Um, man, the football player just smart, big, yeah. strong, fast, can do what you ask him to do. Uh, can make plays all over the field. Yeah. It's not very much that he can't do on the, or on the football field. Um, always around the ball, big play type of guy. So uh, it's, it's much like the same way as a family guy. Big personality, like to have fun. Sports guy, always trying to put the kids in position to make plays. So um, kind of came up with this thing, Coach Daddy. Okay. You're always coaching, and people like, why are you always coaching? Why you do it, man? Because I love it. You know, like where you at all the games too, and why don't you help out? So that's kind of how I got in, got into coaching now, and it it just stuck, man. It, it mm-hmm. stuck, and the, here I am. Yeah, that's dope. 
That's dope. So you, so you retired six years ago. So you was like 31 when you retired. So normally, you know, uh, players like yourself or whatever retire like probably around this time, 37, 38, um, before they hit 40. What made you decide to, to retire um, sooner than that? So um, my last game, I took a hit and I knocked myself unconscious. And so it, it kind of made me evaluate things like, all right, okay, no, is this kind of worth, you know, because you're stepping, at that point, you're stepping in a danger zone. Right. Like, stepping to the point of doing irreparable harm to yourself. And, you know, I think when I look at it now, the thing that's probably saved me from playing was my family. Because, I, I mean, if I was single, you know, no wife, no kids, oh, I was going back to play. It wasn't nothing you could tell me. But now, you know, anytime you become a husband, a father, um, those things, you got to be, you got to think bigger than yourself. And um, I think that was the ultimate sacrifice to step away to, from a game that I love so much and um, was very good to, to us and allowing us to move around and see the country that I had to step away from, it, man. Yeah. Yeah, life, I had to learn that life was bigger than football. Right, right. I mean, having a family would do that to you. I know for me, um, you know, as a dancer, um, I, all I wanted to do was dance when I got out of, out of high school. That's all I did. And then once I got a family, like, things changed. Like, I was traveling. I was, you know, going to different countries, teaching, choreographing, and, right. you know, just doing my thing. But then, you know, you get a family, you get you know, kids, and then there's more responsibility that's on you. And then even with my son, like I was telling you before we even jumped into it about my son who, you know, who had cancer, it was just like, things change. You look at things a little bit different and it's not necessarily about you anymore. It's about, you yeah. know, your family. You yeah. know, what advice could you give to, to players that don't have a family right now that may, they may take that hit that you took, you know, like, what advice could you give to them um, in terms of, you know, rethinking, you know, your, your career and your playing is safe? Uh, I think first and foremost, man, enjoy your time of singleness, you know, men and women. Um, enjoy that time. Get to know yourself. Uh, because we don't, and we hear this word so much, we don't, em we don't one, embrace our trauma, then two, heal from it. You know, mm -hmm. so, so in that, we kind of stay in the, repetitive cycle of damaging things because we don't really know how to handle whatever the the issue is we don't know how to handle that particular issue so um that that's the first thing you know embrace singleness um heal yourself from your traumas um and and then man seek wise counsel you know with injuries and it's it's almost become that injuries have become opinions you know because, and like we were talking about, you know, where one doctor says may not necessarily be the case. With, and and uh, the doctors were telling you, um, oh, yeah, it's going to be about 365 days. But then you say, you know what? I know the ultimate healer. So the, it, it starts to change if you don't have wise counsel. You, know, you don't have people around you speaking life and you don't have people around you uh, like yourself speaking positivity, then you'll fall into the pit of despair, man, and, and, and you'll stay there. Yeah, yeah. It's important to, to have, you know, those people around you, those mentors around you, like you're saying, man. Like, I know for me, like, I always grew up, like, my dad was in the military growing up, 
and my mom uh she worked in the a and church so their jobs actually took them away you know from the home for several years where i saw my parents every two to three weeks or something like that and it was like it was important for me to always have like you know a, a solid you know circle around me of like men that were mentors um right. you know in my life to, to help and guide me and, and shift me along the way you know like i didn't i didn't want to go down that path and i think god just pretty much blessed me and, and protected me and put me you know um with you know men and in in females that were um knowledgeable so it's always important to i think it's always important to just have like mentors period like who were some of your your mentors you know growing up in life mentors uh i mean so I, i'll go to now um obviously just sitting around talking with inky i mean you can't help but become smart man yeah, well, I think when you when you say mentor, that's a big word. You yeah. know, that, that's a big word, and, and and I think friendships are are the better word because if it's not a mutual exchange of ideas, then it's more like a you know I'm telling you what to do. Um, but Victor, well, so Mark, you guys are providing value for each other. The value add, you know, I'm I'm a real estate agent too. So, you know, I'm big on value add. You know, you put um, one person somewhere, and if they don't add value to your life, then they're, it, they're useless to you, and to be honest. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. If they don't add value to you or your situation, then y'all probably shouldn't be friends. Mm. Because now <clears throat> one person's motive can change. So, um, but like I was saying, Inky Johnson, Victor Marks, um, who's my kid's godfather, world-renowned speaker, goes around, um, fights. The, well, he rescues little girls from sex trafficking. Um, shoot, man, I've got so many. Wow. Um, Tony Sperano, uh, rest in peace. But he he kind of placed the values in me now um, that have allowed me to progress in this coaching career. Um let me see. Caleb Thornhill. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a player of development at uh, Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. um, Ty Bowles, the defensive coordinator at Tampa Bay. George Edwards, who's a uh, coach for the Cowboys now. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the list goes on. Um, just have a have a list, like you said, a multitude of wise counsel. Man. And, yeah. and uh, I, I'm, I wholeheartedly believe in that, just having positive people around you, because the more things – the more good, the more positive you have in your ear, the better you become. Amen. Amen to that, man. So let me shift gears a little bit. Was 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 football your, your first sport or were you attracted to multiple sports growing up? And what were some of the lessons that you learned from, from each of them? Ooh, um, so football, football is and was my sport of choice. Mm. You, you can try to play other sports, but it wasn't. Right. It wasn't the same, you know. Yeah. It, it's in and different. Yeah, you know, you, you listen to people, and people say, "Well, they were asking me, man, why do you eat what you eat?" And I ate to to as I was eating for fuel. I wasn't eating for taste. And I mean, so I played those other sports. Those were just to keep me in shape for playing football. Right. Right. You know, it, it was like, hey, man, these are fun, these are cool, but this is this is just a hobby. Right. This is real life right here. Right. 
Um, the lessons, I mean, I, I've got so many. Um, one, one of my big ones that I tell everybody, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So um, it shows just the correlation of how you go to school or how you wake up in the morning, how you start your day is probably how you're going to finish your day. So if you start off sluggish and slow, that just progresses throughout the day. Um, and it really showed on the football field. If you started off practice slow, mm-hmm. you were just going to have a slow practice. Right. But if you start, you hear every coach in America, start fast, uh, do the little things right. Um, the, more you, the more you look at it, if you smile, you start to smile again. And you start to smile again. You start to smile and then you start to talk positive. So when you start to talk positive and smile, you start to attract people. So it, it, it really carried over. I mean, how you, how you start, how you finish. How you do one thing, you're going to do everything the same way. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man. Like, you know, it, it's crazy, man. Like, I, I totally agree with you because now I find myself getting up at, like, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning just to, just to get up, you know, just to get my day started. Like, I noticed that when I was getting up at, like, 10, 11, I look back and I'm like, dang, like the whole day is already gone. Like, what did I do? And now I'm, I'm waking up. Well, the main reason why I wake up, if I'm being honest with you, is because I need to get up before my kids get up. I need my, I need my peace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need my time. Because if I ain't got that or whatever, it is going to be a bad day for everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I need, I need my, 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 my peace. My, you know, what are some of the things that you do, you know, first thing in the morning, like when you first get up? First thing in the morning, I say good morning, Lord. Yes. And then uh, I actually read in the morning. So um, the first thing I probably I grab my phone and my devotional pops up. So I go to my devotional. So I usually get about 4.30 in the morning, 4, 4.30 in the morning, read my devotional on my phone, and then I go straight to the Bible. So I'll read. Um, so a lot of times I'll, I'll pick out an entire chapter, entire mm-hmm. section of the Bible, and I'll read that section. And, and or I'll go to what's current, currently going on in my life, and I will uh, kind of research that topic. And mm-hmm. then I'll go through and read the corresponding uh, Bible verses and or chapters to kind of get more knowledge and, and get more education on what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So um, then I... I Jump up out the bed, go jump in the shower, wash my face, brush my teeth. Um, I'll review my day. And then once, once that happens, I'm, I'm usually uh, getting the kids up, getting them ready for school. And, and this is obviously pre-quarantine. Yeah. Uh, come home, come back, see what, if I have any meetings on the calendar. If I got meetings on the calendar, I go to those. Then I head over to the high school. I'm there from probably... 11 o'clock to practice time, practice, lift weights, eat dinner, come home. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, I mean, the, the thing about sports, it's always oh, repetitive. Yeah. So it, it, you come back and you do the same thing. And it's right. how well, who can do the same thing over again, the longest and the best. Right. So let's say like someone is not into sports, right? What are, can they still take that same mentality into their regular lifestyle? Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm going to say this. If it's not a sport, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I would get into some discipline, 
whether it's reading, whether it's chess club, whether it's uh, listening to music, get into something because what it does is it takes the randomness out of your life. Right. And, you know, you're not around swapping flies and chasing butterflies, you know, because in doing that, you lose focus on what your goal is. Right. So um, you find, if you find yourself wondering, like get into a routine, get into something that's going to push you towards your goal. Get, in, get involved with something that's going to, um, at this point in time, you, you got to want to be progressive because this world's coming more and more and more competitive. And um, at, at some point, you either become competitive or you're going to get left behind. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like you got you to gotta have that type of motivation, man. I, I always wanted to ask, you know, uh, players that reached, you know, the level um, that you reached, like, what motivated you, like, you know, to continue on, like, every day, like, to continue to go out there and battle, like, every day, like, what was the motivation or determinate, like, what drove you to reach the highest level in football, you know, like, ever, like, because to me, I'm like, I mean, I'm only like 129 pounds, you know what I'm saying? So when, if I, when I was out in the football field, I was getting dragged and I only did a year of football or whatever. So for me, it was like, oh, that's all I need. Like, I'm good. Like, I got, I got the itch out. But, you know, what drove you, you know, every day to go out there and just hit somebody? Uh, it would draw, I like to, and I mean, I was talking with one of my buddies from the Marines today, you yeah. know, um, we were talking about how you have to be a special individual, right? And this, uh, and I'm, I'm apologizing now if this offends some people. Yeah. Uh, but he he would go over on special missions, and his thing was to go out there and you know they're trained assassins. So, and we were talking today. I said, bro, you know, we in a different group because, like, we are trained to do a job. And I don't want to call him an, an assassin because that's not what he was. He was fighting for good. However, for calling it for plain sake, right, right. he was trained to kill people. Like right, he, right, so, and he liked his job. Yeah. So I was the same way. Yo, I like to go out there and hit people. And I like to, if, when I hit you, if I like to hear you uh, and get up and say, good hit. Or I like to see you sit there and wallow and lay because I hit you that hard. And I'm a, I might help you up. I might not. I might push you back on the ground. I might laugh at you. I might talk about you. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, but it's it's a different mentality. Like, you got to be a special kind of messed up to, to want to do that to people. And don't get me wrong. I kept it on the field. However, I enjoyed it. Right. I, I enjoyed it. Like the guys in the MMA, bro, they like beating people up. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. So it, you but I also see them, you know, as soon as the fight is over, boom, they go, they hug somebody or whatever, pick him up. Like it's it's all about the I think it's all about the competitiveness. Right. And and you have a competitive you're not really set out to kill, but yeah. you're trained for it. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Right. And this is something that you enjoy, something that you love, something that you were born born to do. I know, I mean, for me, like I'm a dancer, and like I'm not like I'm not one of those dancers or whatever that just like oh we we just up and we hippity hop or whatever. Like nah, like 
we, we train for battles. Like we train to get in the circle, in the ciphers. Like, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying. It's a competitiveness to it. And people used to look at, at guys or whatever that dance, like, you know, like we was flaky or whatever. And I'm like, nah, like we get down, we get busy. Like, like we, this, bucket is, sweat. this is what we do. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, like, no, like, I, I think it's like anything else. You know, and I tell guys, I tell uh, kids all the time, like, yo, if you want to dance, yo, dance, go ahead, let that join up. But don't, when you go out there, you know, leave it, leave it all out there on on the floor. Don't right. leave, don't come off the floor with nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, leave, leave the saving it for. Yeah, you like can't, you can't use it once you come up. You might as well empty it. Might as well, you know what I'm saying? Empty the whole, the whole. I don't want to sound crazy, but empty the whole clip there. Man, it, I guess you know. Like you said, it, we've become so sensitive toward, oh, empty the whole, no, we're not saying it in the, in the sense of, hey, clip, but you got to go inside the mindset of a dancer. You got to go inside the mindset of a boxer, right. an MMA fighter. I mean, even somebody, what's really popular right now is Michael Jordan. That's yeah, absolutely. So look, he said, man, him and Kobe, they said, man, I was trying to destroy trying to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so, He's the most celebrated athlete, two of the most celebrated athletes of all time. You can't right. say anything about it. Right. And, and that's the thing. Like, you just said it. Like, you know, a lot of people are just sensitive now, you know, to how, you know, the world has changed. And, yeah, I guess. But is that really making us tougher? Like, are we really set up for what could happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now? No, because it, it, we too soft. We too sensitive. You know, yeah. got to censor everything. Like, crazy because people don't want to hear the truth. I, I was just telling my daughter this today. And, and, I told, and I told my daughter and my son, I said, yesterday, uh, my son wanted to do a, a presentation. Mm -hmm. And I had a guy on here, um, a multimillionaire by the name of Daniel G. He came on and after the segment, my son, Caleb, he did uh, his presentation mm -hmm. uh, for him. He's, he's created this, this thing with, with astro astrology and space and stuff like that. And it was awesome. Like he, he pretty much gave him the presentation on how he would present it to look for an investor. Daniel G said, yo, I thought it was dope. Change this, this, and this, and then I will co-sign and, and, and be one of your backers or whatever. Yeah. Just redo it and, and do it like that. So then Caleb went ahead and, and uh, said he did what he said. And long story short, he presented it to us, which, he, which Daniel had told him to do, presented it to us. And me being a speaker, you know, I wanted to see him do it without the, the notes. Right. So um, he can glance at it. Cool, cool, cool. But like, you know, when, I want to see what his mannerisms were like. What, is, what was he doing with his, with his body language? What was that? Because you talk, you're going to talk to, you know, investors. Right. You got to come with it. A game. You got to come with your A game. And he came with Daniel or whatever, kind of with his A game, which was really, really good because the first time he presented it, it wasn't that good. But when he did it to Daniel, it was way better. It was, he had a lot more information. This time he did it to us, you know, and it wasn't that good. And I was like, he asked, he asked me if it was good. And I said, no, it wasn't. Like <laughs> straight up. Like just, and I know he felt like, dang, like he just took all the air on my balloon. But I'm going to be real with you. It wasn't, at, it wasn't good. It wasn't as good as what I just saw you do when Daniel, when Daniel was here. Right. So I'm not going to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, are, do, are you like that with your kids? Like, do you do you keep it real with them to be like, listen, man, so, like. So I believe 
it, if you don't keep it real, then you're lying to them. And so again, lying goes against what we believe in as men. So <laughs> I've had to temper the way I tell people the truth because it's either, hey, I'm, I'm telling you in a way that it's really soft and it comes off as really passive, right. or I'm yelling and screaming at you. Now it's just, look, bro, that's a bad idea. Mm. I'm not going to tell you what to tweak. I'm not going to tell you how to tweak. It. Hey, that's not a bad idea, or that, that's not for me. Right. I can't put you in that. Mm. And you got to let people's reactions be what they're going to be. Right. So like we were talking about, yo, you go back and heal. Why are you upset? Is it, is it because, um, you know, you were abused, beat up? What is it? But your reaction is going to reflect what you believe in or, or how you believe or um, how you feel about yourself. And right. at that point, you've got to learn, hey, I've got to taper my reactions mm. to that. So what we really have to learn, like you said, how to stop being so sensitive. I don't even think it's how, how not to be so sensitive, but it's why we're sensitive. Right. So I don't, don't taper your emotions. No, let's find out why you feel that way. Yes. Versus you feeling that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we should attack that a little bit more, like, cause we don't want to dig in a little bit deeper to the root of, of the issue. People just, they get sensitive and then they don't want to understand why. And I think that's important, man. Like we, we, we really have, especially with our kids today. Call it what it is. No, right. particularly with, with children of color. Right? Yeah. Um, you, you take, and, and, and Nip said it before he died. Yep. He said, We've got to change our reactions to being disrespected. Right. So before it's like, hey, when you go, when somebody asks you a question, i.e., hey, where are you from? Or I don't like you. Okay, cool, bro. Whereas if, if I'm in that mode, then all right, well, let's square up then. Well, now, right. hey, man, you know what? That's your prerogative, bro. You have a great day. And, and keep it pushing. Keep pushing. I don't have to meet your energy where you at, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, yo, you disrespected me, and I, I, I forgive you for disrespecting me, and I'm going to move on with my day. Here it is. I'm not going to let your negative energy affect me. There However, the sensitive side would be like, oh, no, well, forget you. Let's square up. That's not the way to handle things now. Not, not into, you're not going to win. Nope. You're not going to win in that. Now, nowadays, it's too many people. As soon as you do that, they're flipping out the camera phones. Up. Oh, yep. this is what oh, you did. It's a wrap. Yeah, so. Ain't, no, ain't none of my fights on tape. None. None. It's <laughs> a good thing, man. I got beat up in silence. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Uh, it, it, it now you you better learn you better teach your kids the law and you better learn the law and you better learn how to react and taper yourself into into not reacting but responding. Right. Facts, man. Facts, brother. That's so dope, man. I want to switch gears a little bit though. Um, I wanted to know like who are some of your your favorite teams and, and athletes growing up. So I mean, right now. Um, Probably the one of the best athletes of my era, uh, LeBron James, man. Yeah, you got to respect what he does. King, yeah. And I, I look at the difference between LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan. Uh-huh. LeBron makes his entire team better. Okay, he gets in. I'm I, because I'm in the athletic world. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say this, and I understand. Um, he, he took a very 
middle of the road roster in Cleveland right. and had those I can't want to say middle <laughs> playing at right. a level up yeah. here. Yeah. And you take a Jordan roster, you give LeBron that same roster, mm-hmm. you forget like Jordan had John Paxson, Tony Cooper, Bill Cartwright, Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. um, Scotty Pippen, Ron Harper. Now, okay, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. You talk about seven, eight All-Stars I just named with Jordan. Yeah. LeBron had maybe two. Wade so, and Bosh. Yeah. Well, well, hey, here's my hey, thing. Here's my go, thing. I'm going to Cleveland. I'm saying go back to Cleveland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, did Cleveland, we have, were any All-Stars on that team? Besides him? Kyrie. Well, yeah, I thought you meant like oh, from his from his first stint in Cleveland. Both both stints. Both stints. Well, I like the, the second stint or whatever was a, was that team was ten times better than the first team. Clearly, you know what I mean? Because you had Kyrie, you know, J.R. Smith was 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 a firecracker. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and you had um, you know, Jefferson was no joke either. You know what I'm saying? Like people sleep on Richard Jefferson. I thought Richard Jefferson or whatever was a, was a good player. And then you had. You know, Kyle Corbett was that sniper. You know, I mean, the only thing that was missing was what? A five? Well, go back and you compare it to a Jordan roster, though. Right. True. Where I look at, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, we start talking about this. Yeah. But here's what I think, though. I think, like, I think when it comes to Jordan, I felt like they had to get pushed more to get to that level still. That Yes, they were elite or whatever, but if you look at the years when Jordan left the team, that 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 ninety four year, you know, what I'm saying they they still needed Jordan, even even though they got they got shisted out of that game seven, you know, versus New York. You know, what I'm saying I'm a Bulls fan or whatever. Too oh my God! But but they did, and the the thing is, is that number one, if Jordan was there, you know, then I I think like you got four. That's four straight championships right there because. Scottie Pippen wouldn't be acting the way that he was acting, as we've seen in the documentary. And I remember that game, too. Like, they was – you know, how you just not going to go back in, in on the game because, you know, the coach wanted to uh, give the ball to Tony Kukoc. My, my point is, is that the mentality shift, you know, at, at that time, like, I think Jordan was pushing his guys to be that on that all-star level, like, get on his level. Right. And I think LeBron – you know, it took a, a minute for him to get his guys to that level. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that he didn't, he not there now. I think he's there now. But it took a minute for him to learn it. And then on top of that, LeBron's college years was already in the league. So he was still kind of learning as a kid versus when Jordan. So Jordan, I think you know, right there. And I mean, I think it goes back to the sensitivity. Jordan right. was demanding it where LeBron was asking it. Yeah. So that's. We don't know because we're not in a locker room. However, we're spectators and we can yeah, we form our, yeah. our own opinions. But if if I had to say now, LeBron yeah. is trying to pull it. He's more, hey, let me push it out of you. Yes. Before, it was like, okay, let me pull you and let me pull you and let me ask you. I don't think it's because he now understands that, hey, the hands of time are ticking. And so, yeah. I'm going to borrow time now. Where before, hey, I knew I had next year. Well, uh, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, the same age, too. Yeah. I'm 36. He's going to be 36 this year. Right. So it's like, yo, bro, listen, man. Like, you got yeah. about a good, what? I mean, he was, he was, a, 
Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, you got about two or three more. And then, so, and I I think I got my kind of theory on, I think he's trying to wait till Bronny get in the league, but I just know that I don't know to wait that long. I mean, you talk about five years. Right. Four years. So he's a freshman this year, right? He's a freshman this year. Yeah. Talking about four more seasons. Yeah. Talking five seasons. Is he a freshman or a sophomore? He might be a sophomore. I don't, he's a freshman or sophomore. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But, yeah, it's a minute. It's coming now. Yeah. He did suffer that that injury, you know, like his first injury, first real injury where he had to actually miss real time, you know. So, I mean, I think he takes really good care of his body body better than than most um, athletes, to be honest. Like, I'm like, man. I learned that he spent like a million dollars on his on his body just to care for his body. That's an investment in itself. Well, um, two, I think you got to realize that hey, you're talking about one of the highest paid athletes in the world. So Facts. you know, it, no excuses. I mean, he does the work. Yeah, he does the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he also has the means to do it. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. But why wouldn't you? Right. You put me back, and you put me back. I would probably spend double what I spent mm-hmm. to take care of myself, and I was spending six figures a year to take care of myself. So mm-hmm. I would probably spend upwards. You know, if I was spending one between one fifty and two fifty every year, I'd definitely go back and spend seven fifty, no problem, to take care of myself. Yeah, but you got to figure it's only for uh, I got ten years to right. to play this game for the rest of my life, and then that's it. That's it. Yeah. Why not, like you said, empty the bucket. Yeah, all the way in. Yeah, because you guys, because yeah. So what? So what was the training like for for football players in in the off season? Like it's different when you guys get in the training camp. So you know, in the off season, what do you guys? Obviously, you guys are recovering. You know, from the season prior, and what what's the recovery process like? You talk about ice tub, you talking about massages. So my, my thing was I would either get the massage right after the game mm-hmm. or the next day. And you get in the ice tub and I'm I'm first off, let me say this, okay? If you it, I swear it feels like you just you've been in the roughest pillow fight of your you take uh-huh. a pillow a pillowcase and so it feel like somebody Took a pillowcase with baseballs in it, and they was just hitting uh. the body, just boom, boom. You, your body is sore mm. the next day. I mean, uh, and so to get that, like you said, get the bad blood and get the bruised blood out of there, you, you I mean, it, it hurts. So mm. you spend a lot of time getting massages, ice tubs, and then, you know, you get your electrotherapy and all that other stuff. And then, man, you just you, you you get your jog in, you get your lift in, and then you go back to work, man. So it's your body's conditioned to it. You yeah. know, your, your body's conditioned to it. It's like um, if you ever seen a kickboxer, their shins are so hard and thick and, and calloused. Um, it's 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 much like the same thing. You know, your body you you beat your body up so much that you kind of become numb to it. Wow. Yeah, I could dig it, man, because it's like with same thing with dance. There are certain body parts that we use that, like, you just become numb to it. Like, I mean, ballet dancers, you know, they, they go through, you know, a lot of torture or whatever with 
the bending of their of their toes and right, uh, their toes and stuff or whatever so where they can do point like right. you, you would not then like no diss to all my ballet dancers, but they got the nastiest feet you would ever see. They worse than football players. I'm trying to tell you. Them things, like, you, them things look like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> like, I done seen some real bad ballet feet. So what they what they go through and what you put your body through, I mean, they, they get numb to it or whatever. So then they, they get used to it. For, for B-boys, um, many b-boys like they develop like calluses you know on their hands or you know um, some develop carpal tunnel you know in their wrists and stuff like that like me I can't break no more because I got a, I got bad wrists really. you know, me, me, getting on, me getting on the floor to break you know what I'm saying <laughs> you gonna really break something in a break something for real <laughs> you know what I'm saying so everything I do I keep it up top you know what I'm saying like whatever it is I keep I keep it up top but I condition the, you know my body a certain way to do that me I just, you know, dancers or whatever. I know for me, I can't dance in anything that's cold. Like right. I need, I need a, I need a warm, warm atmosphere to have my muscles like super right. loose and everything. You know, so I get it, man. That's that's crazy. The ice tub though, I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. I don't know if I could do that. A lot of things, bro. You be like, yeah, I need to stay in Florida because it's warm out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. But I wanted to ask you this, man. So how? How is it like? How was it balancing, you know, being a full-time football player and you know, full-time family man? Um, when when you decide to take on that role to be a football player, professional athlete, it's your significant other. They understand what they're getting into, so. Yeah. They understand that you only get a limited amount of time to play and do what you love. And if you have an understanding spouse, life partner, balancing is really easy because they work around you and they, they make it easy for you. It's when it's four o'clock in the afternoon and you're training, okay? And then you get a call, hey, come home, the kids are doing this. I never got those phone calls. Mm -hmm. Hey, you knew between these times and these times, I'm working to prepare. Daddy's working to prepare to become the best football player that he can be. Right. And so I think it's all about understanding and working together as a unit because once once everybody understands their role and understands their job, um, as an employee, as a spouse, as a worker, as a boss, whichever one it is, then the, it starts to move like a machine. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, my my first marriage wasn't like that. Right. Like it was like I'm out training and I'm getting those phone calls. And right. it's like, yo, my mama told me <laughs> not to marry this woman, yo. You know, and then with, you know, my wife now, it's like I don't get those I don't get those calls at all. Like right. I'm training like she know I'm training. If I'm at work, she know I'm at work. If the right. kids, you know, you know, if they out of pocket, she makes sure she tighten them up. So I get yeah, tighten up until I get home or whatever. When I get home or whatever, then it's on. But like she got it. And it's like, you know, we got we got God in the center of our of, of our relationship, you know. And before in my marriage before, we didn't have God in our relationship. Right. And now we me and my wife, you know, we have God in the center and he's top priority. My wife is cool with being number two. 
You know what I'm saying? Like with God being number one, she cool with being number two. Right. And you know, what, what advice can you give to other, you know, couples out there, either whether they play professional sports or not, how important do you, you feel it is to have God in the center of the relationship? That's an ever evolving relationship. Right. And so um, if you don't have God in your relationship, you ask him to fail. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of just on your own merit and you are, it's kind of like one of those things like not studying for a test. Mm-hmm. You got the answers to the test. I mean, right. it's in the word of God. You know, it's right. in the Bible, it's, um, it's there. These are the answers. And so if you're taking a test, you're just going to study for it. So if you don't have God in your relationship, if you don't have God in your life, and you're, ask, you're, you're asking, you're stepping outside of God's protection. Yeah. And so you're asking for unproductive life. I'm not telling you, oh, you're going to be unproductive. You're going to be failure. However, I am telling you you're going to feel unfulfilled mm. because there's something about accomplishing a purpose mm-hmm. and that, that you, you have all these millionaires and gazillionaires and all these other people that on drugs, they overdose. Um, I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm just putting the facts out there. People, right, right. people rely on substances and they, um, they use these things as crutches because they feel purposeless. Yeah. So, um, the more intimate your relationship comes, um, becomes with God, the, the more and more your purpose will be revealed and the more and more you, you will feel fulfilled. Now, mm-hmm. say what you want to, the, was football the end all be all for me? I kind of left the game like, okay, what's my purpose in life now? So I'm like, yo, I'm a football player. I'm that's my purpose. But, but okay, like, yeah, yeah I, I can't, I can't do football for 31 years, so it can't be my purpose. Like I've got 70 more years to go. Right. So, um, then the only way you can get that purpose is talk to the creator. Mm. And so one, you know, I think you need to enjoy being single. And if you you got to perfect that relationship first, once you perfect that relationship, then you can then take on a spouse. Mm-hmm. So, and once you do that, if you take on the right spouse, your spouse is going to know, hey, you know what? You're not in alignment right now. You need to go pray. We need to kind of, we need to get this thing in alignment. And if you don't have that type of spouse, then that's the wrong person for you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just myself personally, what it sounds like with you, you want that spouse that's going to check you when you get out of alignment. And yeah. You gotta not be sensitive enough. Be like, oh no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know what? I am tripping. I didn't pray this morning. I did. I didn't handle that right. And so, yeah, yeah. Whew, I mean, that's a a super long winded answer. And yeah, I, I, no, but that's needed. That's needed, man. I mean, like I look at it like this all the time. Like me and my wife, we we hold each other accountable. That's know? it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You need somebody that's gonna hold you accountable. Somebody that ain't gonna let you slide. Because if you do, then that person really ain't, ain't, ain't riding for you the way yeah. that, you know, they should be. And I, I, I tell my daughter next, she's 16, she interested in boys and all of that. And I'm like, I right, look, man, like you, these, these jokers that come up in here, they got to come, they got to come correct. You know what I'm right. saying? I got to know what the, what environment or whatever that they, right. they play around because you I don't want them. Real. Yeah. Like, I don't want them, yeah. you know, inflicting you with, the the stuff or whatever that their parents is teaching them you so and i like us like we talked about education is key yeah 
more the, the more you know, the better you do. Um, so I think it, it again, one, you you telling them the truth. Hey, look, nah, we can't you can't do that, son. Nah, my daughter, you can't do that. Well, well, why? Because I don't know what type of trauma this person has endured. And I don't want you to be a part of that trauma because, hey, look, when a person is swinging a baseball bat, it ain't going to just stop at you. It's going to keep going right on through you. Yep. So, no, we got yep. to deal with that right now. Yeah. Like, I think people, like, nowadays, they, they're so quick, especially, you know, a, a lot of youth that I know, they're so quick to want to jump in to a relationship where they want to jump because that's what they see society, you know, painting these pictures like, uh, okay, you got love and hip hop and then you got this on TV and that on TV. Oh, that's what I want. Right. But do no. you really, do you know what you're asking for? Yeah. Well, I, so as people too, we don't really understand the burdens that we ask for and we, we, David was blessed or David was blessed because he embraced the fact that he could work a slingshot. Now, so look, sometimes you got to embrace it. And it may be a, a small thing to somebody else, but yo, if I could do it better than anybody else, if I'm anointed to work my gift, that's all I need. Right. That's all I need. So right. what, I, man, what I had to learn was, try, hey, look, you know what? Your gift is your gift, bro. I appreciate your gift, but I'm trying to learn how to use my gift first. Right, right. So, and, uh, and to add on to that, if you if we look at the other side of that story with David, David didn't know what he was asking for with Bathsheba now. Oh, uh, man, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, David, you, what are you doing? <laughs> what, you, what you have to learn, man, is, is with when you pray for a blessing you better know you're asking for problems you asking you asking for problems but in in the bible kind of tells you the lord is a present help in trouble well mm -hmm. if your yeah. if your blessing your usually your blessings is wrapped up in the problem so mm -hmm. the problem god is going to have a chance to reveal himself so like you said yo know what's coming along with that blessing that blessing ain't just it ain't tied with to roses man you're gonna have to do some work to get it i do some work <laughs> right you know, had to do, like no i had to build a whole boat a whole boat <laughs> a whole boat with, with eight people on <laughs> you know it is going to take work and that's all we telling you guys if you're listening to this podcast right now make sure you share this with you know, with, with someone that you love, someone that you care about, because it's some good advice. I got my man, Kevin Burnett, that's on right now, professional football player, NFL athlete. Listen, listen, I, I want to make sure that you guys are getting the gems. So make sure you subscribe, you know, like, comment below, share this with everyone possible right here on the, the Clutch Vision podcast. Now, I want to jump into something really quick. I wanted to ask you, like, you, you've been through the NFL, you went through, you know, college ranks and all of that. What were some of the, what's some advice that you can give, you know, to those that are fighting adversity now? Because I'm pretty sure you had to go through some adversity in order to get to the level that you got to. So, I mean, uh, adversity and, and uh, you can kind of wrap that up in, in, into, I don't know if we've seen the optimism curve before, um, but it starts yeah. off with uninformed optimism. Then you go to informed pessimism, right? Then you go to the valley of despair. Then you go to uh, 
informed or informed optimism and then success. So what you have to learn, man, adversity is a part of success. If you don't hit adversity, you don't get success. Just like, yo, when you pray for a blessing, it's going to come in a problem. Most millionaires, okay, are millionaires and billionaires because they solved the problem, okay? The world was moving too slow. You got Michael Dale, uh, I can't think, Bill Gates, um, the, the uh, I can't think of the, the Apple, the guy who owns Apple. Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs. Right. Um, you, 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 the marketplace, being able to get items quickly. Well, Bezos makes Amazon. Excuse me, he makes Amazon. So the world has been built on problems being solved. And so if you don't embrace your problem, if you don't embrace your adversity, you're just going to repeat the cycle. You're going to start up here, go down there, and go back. You're going to start up here, go down there, and go back. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? Not only I'm going to start up here, I'm going to get down in the valley, but then I'm going to rise up on the other side of success. Mm-hmm. And so what we got to realize is, yo, dreams die at the bottom. They don't die at the top because everybody thinks, thinks they can do it. Right. Okay. However, once, they, once you start going down that road and it starts to get, here's where we become so sensitive. We don't embrace that sensitive. And let's just say somebody told us the truth. Nothing had to happen. Somebody told us the truth and hurt our feelings. And now we start over and go back and stop. Mm-hmm. And so you got to learn, man, look, truth telling problems, um, feelings getting hurt, that's part of the process of being successful. And one thing I really I really wish people said more about is the process. Well, what is the process? Right. And and how failing and how problems affect success. Mm -hmm. No, because you you learn if and and like I said, I'm a real estate agent. So if you look back, okay, real estate agents in 2007 through 2000 10 had to figure out how to deal with the market. Well, mm-hmm. now, if you never went through that spell in 2007 to 2010, you wouldn't know how to deal with the real estate market today. Today, right. So now that you can use that and you could be propelling yourself. But if you kind of shied away from the real estate market when that was going on, you now you got to repeat the same task. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how the same things keep repeating themselves over and over and over again. Amen. Amen, man. Wow. That's super, super deep, man. I wanted to ask you this, this, this next question before we go ahead and wrap it up, man. Absolutely. Like, you know, we're, you know, obviously dealing with, you know, COVID-19 and everyone is in the country is in, in quarantine pretty much. And nobody expected us to be in this situation and let alone be in this situation this long, right? And I've been telling, I've been asking everybody this question that's been coming on the podcast. If you had the whole world ear right now all 7.5 billion right Mm. during COVID-19 what encouraging words would you say to the world to keep them moving forward the first and I think I'm gonna attack that two different ways okay one I'm gonna give you without no 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 religion no Because, I mean, let's just be real. Not everybody's religious. Right. So I, I don't want to give somebody a useless piece of advice. Right. So the first thing, I'm attacking without religion. Um, 
solve a problem, develop a plan. You know, what does that mean? Find the need. Everybody needs something. Every, everybody's trying to um, invent, develop, stay afloat. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Money's scarce right now. So how am I going to solve this problem? Okay. Um, you, I think one way you solve that problem is by being positive. So what you tell yourself is usually going to happen. Okay. And it's not what you tell yourself in the time of comfort, but it's what you tell yourself when it's bad. Because mm. what, what, what bad situations do is they reveal how you feel about a thing or it reveals your character and how you really are. Mm. Um, so be conscious of what you think about. Mm. And, and in that, that's going to tell you, all right, if I'm positive about what I'm thinking about, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, you get up and repro uh, uh, reciting 10, 10 uh, quotes of, about being, being positive. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yo, if you have a problem, okay, you know what? I don't have any money. Okay, well, how can I get money? Mm. How do you answer that question? Well, what am I good at? By, by me finding out, taking an inventory, okay, accountability, how well do I account for what I'm good at? Then you know what? Now I can start to place things in alignment with okay, my skill set. If if I'm good at public speaking, then I need to be charging people to come speak to them about COVID nineteen. So there's something out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, now attacking this thing from the other side of the spectrum. Okay. We need to. This is a revival for God's people. Talk about it. God's calling us to 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 come back together to pray and repent for our sins and to get back in, in alignment with what God has called us to do. And so one, we, we need to pull other people along right. because we need to pull close together. And what does that mean? Encourage, call somebody in, encourage them. Yeah. Uh, see if people genuinely need anything. And that's not just money, man. Right. Unfortunately, that's not just money. Right. I don't have no gas money. I ain't asking you for money, but yo, can you pick this up for me? Right. Hey, man, you know what? Can you bring me some chicken? I don't need no money. Right. Just bring me a, you know, a box of, I mean, you know, go to KFC and bring me a chicken. Uh, yeah, some water. Yeah. Right. I'm doing a podcast. I'm hungry. I can't yeah. get out of the house right now. Can you pick up some batteries and some food for me? Yo, those are things that you know what, man. That's what the what one doing for others as you would do for yourself, right. um, and two, that that's what godly people do, man. They help right. each other out, right. and and I really believe we're missing that. We've become so uh, entrapped in our own way of thinking that we kind of we've made everything, even amongst Christians, a competition. Yeah, man. Listen, I. I totally, agree. I totally agree. I, I think like I was reading First uh, Timothy, I believe it was, and Paul said, "We came in this world with nothing. We're gonna leave this world with nothing." Mm -hmm. When I look at that scripture, so what are we gonna do in between? Or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What we what are we gonna do in between? Like if you come into this world with nothing, you leave this world with nothing. What basically what is your legacy gonna be like? What are you guys doing in between with all this time that you got? You know what I'm saying? Although it's it's short, but 
can you can you sit here and, and lay down groundwork for those that come after you? Because when you're gone, you can't take nothing with you. Man. Not only you can't, but the only thing that you're going to take with you is the words that people say about you. And that's really going to, what people going to really say how they feel about you when you're dead and gone. But, or not even, whoa, let's even take it a step back. Yeah. What people say about you, is it going to be the truth or a lie? Boom. Oh, 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 oh. good about you. Everybody gonna talk good about you, but right. it's gonna be the truth. Is it gonna be the truth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Hey. Right. We got. I gotta get a gong for that one, man. I gotta. I gotta get one of the one of them one of them gongs that be putting on the podcast. Drop a bomb right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, y'all! I've been having a blast with you, man. I wanted to ask you this one more question, really quick. And, oh, and I wanted to ask. How was it, you know, uh, being being drafted by America's team? Bro, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. I mean, you, you, with a team like the Dallas Cowboys, and right. such a rich tradition, and the, the most outspoken, and I'm not, yeah, let's call him flamboyant owner yeah. in the NFL, in the, in and I mean, he's a character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a blast, man. Wow. Uh, wow. Those are experiences, you know what, man, that even if you got the most money in the world, yeah. you, can't be a, you can't buy your way to be a Dallas Cowboy. Mm. <laughs> Dude, you, I mean, that's... There's only been a select few pe- of people that have really been a Dallas Cowboy. That's it. And so um, I feel like, man, I want to go back and just relive that moment every day. Mm. Wow. Because when you and you don't really you don't really embrace it until it's over. Mm-hmm. However, you go back and you think about how special that was, and you say, "Man, I wish I would have invited more people to the draft party. I, yeah. I wish I would have celebrated and, and it celebrated harder and had more fun." And it it was just such a special moment, bro. Yeah, it really, it really was. Yeah, man. Because I listen, man. Like I, I, I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, I think my first, the first game I actually watched was uh, was the Cowboys versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yo, man, man, I like the team with the stars on their helmets. I don't know about that other squad." And then it was a wrap from there. Like I I I didn't know nothing about you know football. I'm from Jersey, so you know what I'm saying the closest team to to me. I live in South Jersey. Is 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 the Eagles. So I ain't, I ain't really like green like that. And especially back then, the Eagles had the ugliest uniforms in the league to me. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't care if the Eagle fans or whatever is on here watching y'all hating, whatever. I don't know. I don't even care. You know what I'm saying? But it was, to me, I was like, yo, man, it's something about, it's something about that star, man. It's something about, you right. know, those those guys. And, and, and those squads in the 90s were, were, were awesome. And then uh-huh. – even even getting to the 2000, yeah, we didn't win no Super Bowl or whatever, cool. But I still felt like, you know, the the presence of what what you guys were trying to achieve was 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 definitely there. Well, you man, you know, Jerry's always gonna put together a great football team. Yeah, like he he's always gonna put together a great football team, and people may not always agree, but mm-hmm. that's the definition of leadership, man. The yeah. definition of, of leadership to me is being able to make your own rules, mm. being able to make your own rules 
And then you, you, cause you're the only one that got, you got to live and die by your own sword. You know? And so, you know, he, he makes his own decisions, man. He, and he, but he always going to put together a good team. You can bet that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree for sure. For sure, man. So your prediction this year after the schedule came out, what, what is the prediction for, for the Cowboys record this year? I stay away from that because I'm usually wrong. Particularly <laughs> my first impression. Now maybe yeah. my second and third, but not my first one. Man. Okay. So we gotta have we gotta have a pre-football show, and I'll get on and I'll give you predictions after. All right, that. cool. We do that. We will do that. Yeah, stay away. We'll, we'll, we'll stay away from that because it, it's still fresh. Right. We get the preseason yet, so we don't know how the team gonna look. <laughs> that man. But yeah, give give me a, a second to digest the schedule. It's a smart man right there. It's a wise man right there, y'all. You gotta take note. <laughs> so so check it out. On, on the Clutch Vision Podcast, I do a game with all the guests. Are you down to play? Let's go. All right, cool. So the game is called In the Clutch. My name is Kenny Clutch, and the game is called In the Clutch. In 2009, I started a dance group. Uh, my first company that I started is called In the Clutch Dance Group. And um, the, the, the In the Clutch is an acronym. It stands for Inspirational Dancers Creatively Linking Upon the Culture of Hip-Hop. I-N-D-A-C-L-U-T-C-H inspirational dancers creatively linking upon the culture of hip-hop so so yeah so i'm going to give you a letter and then you give me a positive word off the letter that i give you cool let's go all right cool here we go c creative (laughs) all right uh you said huh l and it has to be a positive word. Positive word. Love. Okay. You. Uplift. T. Transform. C again. Cultivate. Mm, H. Here. Ooh, that's clutch. That's clutch. Everybody give it up for my man Kevin Burnett, NFL profession now and now high school football coach. Correct that. Yes, MacArthur High School, Hollywood High School. School. Yes, yes, and also real estate agent. Where can the people find you at, brother? Uh, Kevin Burnett two uh, on Instagram and Kevin Burnett underscore two on Twitter. Facebook is Kevin Burnett. Uh, so I'm 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 there. Fine. Where where? So listen, if you're looking for a home, you're looking for a house. Make sure you guys go ahead and hit this man up. Those down there at the high school. Y'all better get ready for the season, man, because this man is coming with the thunder. Y'all get ready. We want to see a state championship. That's it. (laughs) So listen up, everybody. Make sure you share this with your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your grandma, your granddad. I don't care who it is. Your stepdaughter, your stepsister, your co-worker. Everybody needs to be on this podcast. Share it with your dog. Put it on your dog, your cat. I don't care. I don't care. Just make sure everybody listens to the podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Click that bell on YouTube to make sure you get all the notifications. Donate to the podcast. If you'd like to donate a dollar to the podcast, the link will be in the description below. Everybody, it's your boy, Kenny Clutch. And like I always say, when we change the mind, we change the game. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And today is all we have. It's your boy, Kenny Clutch. My man, Kevin Burnett. We out of here.